everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips podcast. This is Brian. And I'm Paul. We'd like to welcome you to a community meant for the men of the world to share our thoughts and perspectives on marriage. We can learn from each other's experiences and help each other be better husbands. Now, let's get right into the show. All right. So our topical question of the day is, what is one thing you wish you knew before you got married? And I'll let you go first. All right. Um, there's so many things that this could be. Uh, but on first thing that jumps to mind is the the weight of being married. Um, and I'll speak from my experience because that's the only one I can speak from. Um, but when I got married, uh, you know, when you're engaged and you're you're dating, you understand that, you know, this is going to be my forever person. Um, and that's just what's going to be and all that. But it seemed like as it got closer to the wedding day and even after there was just this, um, not heaviness, but I guess weightiness of, um, wanting to have things in place and understanding, like, I need to protect this marriage. I need to protect this other person and my, in my case, these two other people, um, and make sure that, um, everything I have to do the best that I can to make sure that we're, we're safe, we're taken care of. Um, they're protected. We're protected as a unit. Um, and I didn't know that that was happening. I don't even know if there's a way to explain it or describe it to someone else. Um, because it just hits you at certain points. And I've heard, you know, some other people say that as well. Um, so I'll, come back to you, Brian, is that, am I crazy or did you feel that as well? Or, uh, no, you're definitely not crazy. Um, I think that even leading up to the day I got married, I started having those feelings of, all right, this is about to be real serious and it's going to be real serious all the time. Um, you know, you start kind of checking yourself as in like, what things in my life do I still need to get in order? Um, you know, uh, I think for me, I, I wasn't expecting that weight to all hit me at once, but you know, like I told you before, I mean, you married us, so you, you were there for, uh, you know, everything that happened, but the way that that weight all hit me at once and how I just bawled when I first saw her walking down the stairs and it was, like I said, the culmination of all the work that I had put into the relationship and, you know, our entire possibility of future, like flashing in front of my eyes. Um, you know, we had already had our daughter and just, you know, knowing how big I have to show up for both of them that, uh, you know, that, that all hit me all at once. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking back to the wedding day as well. Um, and for you guys that, you know, haven't heard my story or don't know my story, like my wife um, had a son before we got married. So um, he was 10 when I met him. So um, just thinking about, you know, how to provide for, you know, this young man um, as well added, added some weight to that. And uh, yeah, like you said, Brian, I think it, that flash definitely happens. I think it happens to us all at a different time. Um, but yeah, it was definitely like, okay, we, this is it. It's go time. 
Um, and, you know, for me, the, um, you know, I've had some really good examples of marriages that last. So in my mind, it was, it's never a question that it's never, you know, that we're going to be together forever. So like playing that out and like how, what can I do to be the best that I can be and understanding that I need to bring it to the best of my ability every time or all the time. Um, you know, but also knowing now, I guess a spinoff to that question is like knowing that there are going to be days when you don't bring your, your best. And uh, so, so that is, that's also, I guess it's a part two of that because you feel the weight because you know, you want to do everything and be the best at it. But at the same time, um, knowing that you won't, um, or maybe, you know, that's just me because I'm not perfect and I have issues and just like all of us, I guess. But um, I can admit that I don't bring my best every day. Um, but it's more so how do you course correct quickly to get back to being your best or what do you let affect you and not let it affect you to the negative for as long as it could? How do you kind of work your way back to being able to give your best to your wife um, and if you have kids to your family? So, but I think that all that weight comes, but you don't know that those are all those things that are coming when it's there, yeah. you feel something, you feel the heaviest, but you don't know what it is. Yeah. No, it definitely takes some time to process all that. Um, and to your point of, you know, seeing what a successful marriage looks like, you know, for me, I didn't necessarily have that advantage. Um, but going in, I inherently knew that, this wasn't the type of, you know, uh, commitment that I can quit. Right. So mm-hmm. I, the, it's funny the, the way I always describe it to myself is I don't believe in divorce. Right now, obviously I know that divorce exists. Um, so I don't know if that's the best way to, to, to frame it, but in my mind, that was for me the best way to frame it because I know there is nothing I won't try in order to protect my marriage, you know, um, if it were to go down a road where we got in trouble. Um, you know, if you were to ask me to go to counseling or, um, you know, whatever the case may be, I, I'm, you know, I can't even imagine how far gone we'd have to be in order to even get close to that. But, um, you know, th- this is a, a no outs for me other than death sort of situation right um i don't know so that that's i don't know that's what hit me when uh you were speaking that you know you were you were all in and you know that that's it yeah i mean <laughs> that was it i mean and for for me um i think i'm i'm a big uh i'm a big advocate for premarital counseling um so i think that kind of lent to some of the weight as well um, because, you know, that our counselor that we talked to and um, the program that we also teach together or walk people through, couples through together, um, you know, it, it hits the, uh, the deeper places, not just the surface level conversations, and it pushes you to really dig deep um, to speak to your partner about what's what's inside you, how you grew up, all the things that make you, you, um, so you're understanding, like I'm, I'm bringing on or I'm being vulnerable to this person who has all these experiences that make up who they are. 
and they're different from me and they react to different things this way. So kind of getting a glimpse of that and then also realizing like we are now going to have to work together as a unit for the rest of our lives. So it's like, it's like, man, like this is really happening. So I think now that we're talking through it, I can see why there's a weightiness, but I've never like put it in my head. Like, okay, this is weight and it's going to hit me at some point. So, yeah. 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 Um, you know, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'd be afraid if I didn't have that weightiness as you put it. Um, I mean, because I guess more more or less, it would then mean that it doesn't mean as much to you, right? If if you don't have that importance of you know the the drive to make your uh, your marriage successful, you know, then you're probably going to run into a problem sooner than you had hoped, you know. Because I think that weightiness if you are a man of character makes you show up as often as you can. Right. And in, in, yeah. in all the ways that you need to, you know? Um, and like you said, going through the, the premarital counseling, it, uh, it definitely opens up a window to, you know, show you in all, um, not all, but, uh, you know, most of the ways that you're going to have to show up, you know, um, I guess more or less, Going into it, you know that women think differently. They feel mm-hmm. differently, you know, just experiencing your relationship. Um, you know, before you get married, you you inherently will understand that. Um, but I think that premarital counseling brings up things where you wouldn't have thought to ask and you are in a safe place where they get to answer freely. Mm-hmm. questions you may have not asked before and hearing some of those answers is uh sometimes settling and sometimes <laughs> nerve-wracking <laughs> right? yeah yeah absolutely i mean i think um just like you said a, a safe space to ask and sometimes it's easier to answer a question to someone else even though it pertains to your significant other so if like someone else is you know, they bring that topic or situation up. You can be like, oh man, never thought about it. And then like, you know, just go into it without thinking. But like sometimes with our spouses, like we want to give the right answer and make sure they feel comfortable with the answer and all that. Um, and maybe we'll dial it back a little bit. But sometimes when you have that third party, um, it just settles in the room. Um, and also, you know, that that time and space is given to that exploration um because sometimes we we just pop up with those conversations within our you know our space as a as a couple and like one of us are not there but like we respect the other person enough to be like if they're bringing this up let me try to bring myself to this but when you have that time set it set aside with a counselor like you're already walking in knowing we're gonna tackle some tough questions and maybe some things that are uncomfortable. So you kind of give yourself that mental space to be there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All that, all that to answer one question. Um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, Brian, to throw that back to you, um, you know, what is one thing that you wish you knew before you got married? Uh, yeah. Uh, so we kind of briefly touched on it, but, um, my one thing is 
how much work a marriage actually is. You know, it's it's one thing for people to kind of speak into your life and tell you before you get married, like, this is going to be hard and there's going to be days and sometimes there's going to be months and, you know, all those things that come with it. But mm-hmm. it's a whole different world to actually experience it. Um, you know, like we kind of mentioned, you know, showing up every day. You know, it's it's almost like if I want to compare it to trying to be successful in a career, right? You know, not only physically do you have to be present, but mm-hmm. your mind has to be present all the time. And that could be taxing, right? Right. Um, and you have to in my mind, always or consistently be working to improve yourself. I don't know how it is for most people, but for me, as I improve myself, I try to bring people along with me. Right. Right. As I improve, I try to improve my wife. I try to improve my children and, you know, just the family as a whole. Um, and really just thinking back on it right now, it's, uh, it's a lot, you know, um, yeah. trying to, and, and especially being the leader of the household, you know, I, I truly feel that it's my responsibility to, to carry all this. And, you know, the, the marriage obviously is a, a partnership. Um, but I feel like I take more of the leadership role in that manner to, uh, for lack of better words, I guess, to, uh, you know, to, to push, our family towards our goals, um, you know, and you know, it's, it's work to, as a man, show up for your wife emotionally um, mm-hmm. when you're not always used to opening your mind in that way. Uh, and, it, and that's something that I still have to fight for to this very day, you know, um, yeah. especially, 100%. especially in an argument, right? Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, that is so difficult for me to do. Um, you know, I, I always have to go back to reminding myself that whatever we're trying to do together, it's for the, you know, the, the betterment of our family. Um, and I think what I'm starting to get better at, which, you know, has been more work for me than anything else, um, you know, opening up my mind to the responsibility of making her feel the way she feels she needs to feel if that makes sense to you right you know that makes sense uh, yeah that's uh, wow yeah i mean i think that comes to i was thinking when you're talking about being a leader and that takes work because it's kind of like you know going through in a business but a good leader you know finds uh the qualities of those people that he's leading and those things that they're good at and lets them flourish and encourages them you know to grow in maybe areas they um, aren't, um, that might be a struggle area or area where they they don't they're not where they want to be yet. So, um, as a husband, even trying to foster that like understanding, like like you said, it's a partnership. But how can I make her better? How can I create space where she's comfortable and vulnerable enough to to fail? and be okay with that because we really only grow when we fail. So um, how do I make space for those things that she may have expressed that she's not confident in or not uh, where she wants to be, but how do I make space for her to practice with me 
or practice in our situation, but give her that grace to, um, as she's growing, to just be right there with her um, in all situations. And um, yeah, I mean, I was just talking to someone the other day about the emotional and uh, aspect of it um, being married. And um, it's tough, especially because we don't think about emotions a lot during the day. So if it's time, you know, we come home and people want to know, you know, our wives want to know like how we feel about certain situations like that. How do we feel question maybe like five questions down the road in our, in our priority of what that situation means. We're trying to think of how do we fix it? What's going on? Like, do we even have to engage in it? Is there a way to like get around it and still get our, our tasks done? And then it's like, okay, so how do you really feel about it? But you're working through all those things before we're even thinking, sitting in the feeling of it um, and then have to express that feeling. I think for us, well, I'll speak for me to actually express what I'm feeling was even hard because I had to identify that I even cared enough to express a feeling, mm. if, that, if that makes sense. That's tough right um, there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, am, I don't want to, I usually fall back before I even divest that time or historically um, divest time to even feel because I know it's, it's a lot of emotion and it's a lot of time and it's a lot of like, once you figure out your feel, then it's like, so why do I feel this way? And then I'm mad that I even invested feelings into this. Like once you go down to the feeling road, there's a lot. And I feel like um, women from the time they're, 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 you know, they can speak and talk like I look at my daughter and she already knows how to express feelings and and talk through those like so from once they can speak and just the culture of women like they're very fluid in reaching their emotions getting to that place you know engaging in it leaning into it and then kind of moving on about it or even like having you know two different emotions at the same time and just move through it Mm -hmm. but like we we don't even start that most of the time until we're married yeah. So like we have, you know, they have like their culture of feeling as females, like you can just see them play off each other. And I've, I've just been watching that as I've been married um, and watching my sisters and all that and like trying to grasp why do we as men or me as a man have such a hard time. But it's because we we aren't vulnerable to everyone. Like we're only vulnerable to certain people. And then those people that we're vulnerable to like, most of the time are females and they already have that skill set that we don't have. Um, so that's really, that's definitely, uh, that just got in my head as you were speaking. Yeah, man. We're going to go down this rabbit hole. Um, I mean, you ultimately just brought up a whole new topic of the difference in working through feelings for men and women. So I'll, you know, I'll put that in the notes and we'll, <laughs> we'll put that in for a deep dive another day, but yeah. I do want to, you know, sort of, sort of, uh, share on the topic as well. Um, you know, I, that's one of my biggest struggles in the world is trying to approach my feelings from a place of understanding what I'm actually feeling. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when I approach anger, there's a lot of times when I just have a, a visceral reaction, you know, as a married couple, you know, you, gotta, you know how to push right. each other's buttons, mm-hmm. right? And, 
you know, sometimes I'll have a button that just got pushed to mine and I've got this, you know, snap reaction where I'm like, whoa, what was that? And, you know, I'm angry and I try to pull myself out of it. But, you know, for me, and and I'm not sure if this is quite what you were saying, like more times than not, I need to step back and truly like not converse so I can process what I'm feeling before I can reapproach with a level head and actually have a conversation. Right. Um, yeah. So that, that's a, a constant battle that I have to fight, um, in order just to make sure that I'm communicating. Um, and, and by communicate, I mean, speak what I'm feeling, get my thoughts across, but also be able to hear and listen to what my right. wife is saying and, and actually bring that in um, and in a, in an empathetic way where I am now feeling what she's feeling. So, mm-hmm. you know, if it's something that I've done that, you know, has made her upset, I can now put myself in those shoes and understand like, yeah, I'd have been upset too. And then yeah. get to that point where if I need to apologize, I can truly apologize and, you know, not just, say sorry to end the conversation and, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> throw it back. Like, all right, right. We're, we're past that one. Cause no, right. I guarantee you it's coming back, bro. <laughs> Agreed. You know? Oh yeah. That's good. I, uh, man, that's, that's one thing. My wife will be like, are you just saying sorry to get over, to get this over with? I said that early in our marriage. And at that, I mean, at that time, sometimes I was like, yeah. okay, like I, but that was more, for me, because I don't speak, um, or I didn't speak at that time, I'm still growing in this area. Like she would basically, you know, just pour everything out of what she was feeling in this situation. And it all made sense and I got it, but I hadn't, I hadn't figured out the tools of how to express that back. Mm -hmm. So like I would acknowledge that what she said was correct and that she was right. Meaning like, all of those points that she made were correct and they're right. And I, you know, I'm sorry, I've apologized. Like what you said makes sense, but I would never give her back what I was feeling or my thought process. Um, because in my mind I struggle with still is like, if what she's saying makes sense, like there's nothing else for me to say, but she wants to know what I was thinking, what I was feeling, you know, how do I feel right now? Um, so gaining that trust in myself, even though she's, you know, said since our marriage and she's shown since our marriage that it's a safe space and she'll give me grace and I have the ability to, even if it doesn't come out how I quite want to say it, so she'll she'll say it back to me and I'll be like, ah, not quite. Like we've had those conversations. So I don't know why I still am not trusting myself in though in that area, even though she's shown me that she's here for it and she'll she'll open that up for me and give me that space. But so it's really an internal struggle or an internal still working through that um just to be able to express but yeah so like all going back to say yeah i would just be like i'm sorry and because i like i know like you're right i'm sorry but i wouldn't give her anything and she needed that yeah so yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. and um you just got me thinking that you have to have this understanding that a safe space can also include some responses that you might not want, mm, <laughs> right? right? Especially to Ooh, that's good. Yeah, speak on that. Yeah, so to either how you responded, how you feel, or what you thought 
the perception of the situation was. Like you might get some negative feedback, but you as a husband have to return that safe space that, okay, well, you now have, because we're married, permission to hurt me, hurt my feelings because mm-hmm. you're calling me out on, you know, my crap that I I kind of know that I have, but <laughs> right. you know, I you know right. I haven't necessarily pulled all the layers off and you're like right. Give me that knife, and I'm going to cut to the right. middle of this onion right now. And I'm like, whoa, right. whoa, 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 whoa. Right. I'm not ready. Can we peel it, please? Let's just peel it layer by layer. We're not cutting the in. Skin? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, but I think it goes back to um, to how we grow up as young men, right? Um, I was in a – actually, almost daily, I'm in this clubhouse uh, chat room where they talk about how men hurt, too. But we're not always taught, actually, I would say 99.9% of the time, we're not taught to share our feelings in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, right. we're, we're taught to suck it up. And, you know, especially if you think through our, uh, you know, sports careers, if you're an athlete mm-hmm. and all those things, it's, you know, don't show them you're hurt and just pop back up and get back to it and, you know, all these things. Um, I know for me, and I'll say as a young man in my early 20s, um, actually, no, as a matter of fact, when my grandmother died, so we would have been in high school, I think yep. we were 16, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That's some, this, that's, that's your mother. I don't care yeah. how you put it. Your grandmother is your mother, right? Um, and that's to say that she is an extension of the mothers in your life. Right. right? And, and so that's how I, I see her. Um, so to have that loss, especially if you're super close to them Mm -hmm. is taxing for a young man. Um, But what I was told by some of the elders in my community was, Hey, you have to be strong for your mother. She's going to be going through a hard time. And, you know, so I took that to heart as a young man and I didn't allow myself to show my feelings. Right. And I think, if I were, you know, four or five years old, that story would have been completely different. They would have catered to my feelings and mm-hmm. let me speak them out. But as we grow older, they're like, all right, now it's time for you to step up, be a man, be there for, you know, your mother. And I, I, I don't know. I don't want to get crucified for saying this, but I think it should have been the other way around because I wasn't mature enough to do that. Now, yeah. I, I did it in the best way mm-hmm. I knew how, but for me, what that involved was burying my feelings. Right. And so I swallowed it, and, you know, I would probably say years later, it came out on just some random day. And, you know, yeah. I, I think as a young man, that probably hurt me. Um, but more or less, what I'm trying to say is it taught me not to share my feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that. when you think about, man, this conversation is, we need to jot that down for another podcast as well. Just like um, dealing with loss um, and grieving because we're we're not taught, like as we were talking before, like we're, we're not taught to share our feelings. And, um, you know, like you said, the difference in age literally is only, say you're five or six or 15, 16, like it's literally 10 years. When you look back in your life, the growth that happens between five and 15 is 
is immense. But if you're never taught to be emotionally available or to address your emotions, how, you know, a lot of us don't really experience loss until we're at least, you know, significant loss until we're at around that age to grasp the concept. I mean, I understand like we lose people at like when we're that young, you know, up until 10, you don't really get get what loss means or how to process it. But once you're a teenager, you're like, okay, like this is permanent. Like I've had this relationship with this person. Like these things are built up. I have these memories. What do I do with all this? Um, and, you know, I think, I mean, I think that also plays into, you know, you know, you having a, uh, being a part of a single mother household, you know what I mean? And those expectations of, you know, a teenage son and like what he has to be for his mother. Um, you know, you don't know if people would have said that to you if she was married or, you know, in a significant relationship, like would people have even said that to you? You know, they, that's something that people, you know, tell me, you know, when my wife loses people, like, you know, make sure you're be there for her, all that stuff. So it's like another topic as well. Like, how do you, why do we, why do we put that on these young men that haven't even been given the tool set to, do that you know what i mean so um it's crazy but also like if you were a if you were a daughter of your mom like what people have been saying they may have but you would have had the tools to deal with emotion built in your community of females since you since you could talk so like it's just a different space where you are so yeah it's man that's a different way to think about it if i were her daughter i think it would have I may have still got that advice, you know, be there for her, right. but I may have known what that meant, which right. would have been to, you know, have conversations with her, be there to listen, right? let her exactly. into yeah. you and, you know, it'll all be okay. But, right. you know, I wish they would have elaborated. <laughs> right. I just right. said, you know, if yeah. you're the man of the house, you gotta, gotta be the man. Right. And I'm like, I'm 16, bro. Right. Like- <laughs> But I still have homework. (laughs) That I'm not going to do, but still. (laughs) I don't have an income. I don't, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and you can only internalize what you know at that time in life. You know what I mean? So what what you you could only do it as you knew how, how do I be there for there? Like, that just means I can't have emotions along with her right now. Um, And I think that's what we feel. That's what we see as be strong um, in those situations. But what I've grown and what I've um, what I tell people now that have dealt with loss is like sit in it, like sit in it. I'll sit in it with you. Um, I think the Jewish culture has something called Shiva. And if you sorry, if I mispronounce the name or I'm using the wrong word, but it's literally where people they just come and sit when you're grieving something. They just come. Their presence is there and whatever you're doing, they're doing. So if you're crying, they're crying with you. If yours you're mad and, you know, dogging someone, they're right there hearing you. You know, if they're if you're laughing, cracking jokes, they're right alongside, but they have set aside time where nothing else matters but what you're feeling and what you're going through. And I think, you know, all culture doesn't give that, doesn't give space. It's like, get over it, get back to work, get doing whatever you're doing, like, blah, 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 move forward. But, like, this is the whole part of life. Like, people die all the time. And it's something that we have to get better as a as a community um, to just do better at and give tools to people to, um, you know, handle that. Wow, we're off on a tangent right yeah, now, but I knew it was gonna happen too. 
hey man, yeah. why don't we uh, why don't we shelf this topic and yep. we can end the show here because I mean we we went pretty hard today. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so I'm happy with the content that we provided. Um, so are do you have any closing statements that you'd like to make or uh, a, a question you'd like to pose? To think for the to think about for the next episode, man. Uh, it's a list, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess going on with this, you know, one thing that you wish you knew before marriage, but like, probably how can you, um, from what we talked about, how can you show up um, to support your, you know, your wife? I guess think about that, like what's the what's one way you can show up for your wife you know this week or you know until the next time we come together um just to give her that space uh to be the best that she can be mm, i like that <laughs> yeah that's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. i ain't got nothing else <laughs> all right cool all right well um i'd like to invite everybody to come back for next time have a lot of topics to go over you know marriage is forever right um so i'd like to invite you back hopefully you've gotten some sort of value out of this and uh eventually i would like to invite you to be on the show we are going to start interviewing men from all different stages from being engaged all the way to you know being married 30 40 years and beyond uh to even widowed to be able to ask those men you know, what their experience was, what their regrets are. Um, you know, I, I would hate to have to live in regret. So having their take on marriage is uh, very important to me. Um, but if you follow us on social media, you'll be able to find out which ways you can reach out to us through DM or even just in the messaging um, in the apps. And we'll reach out, we'll reach back out to you and let you know what it looks like for you to be on the show with us. So for uh for brian and for my co-host paul here we're gonna let you go for now and we'll be back next time yep all right that's it